Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. I hope that you listened to Monday's episode, episode 451, A Romantic Immigration with our guest Monique Lee. It was a great interview and such an interesting take on the idea of moving abroad because we generally talk on this show about people leaving the United States to move to Europe or Asia or somewhere else in the world. And this week, we got to hear from someone who left, in this case, Vietnam to move to the United States and sort of hear that perspective from the other side. One of the most interesting things that Monique talks about in this episode is the idea of romance and romantic moments. Now, yes, she is a matchmaker. And so on the episode, she also talks, she's a professional matchmaker. She also talks a little bit about relationships, romantic relationships. But I don't believe that's what she meant when she was talking about some of her first moments in Seattle, where she moved at 17, and how they were romantic to her. And she particularly talks about the sight of the rain falling and dripping down the outside of her windows as she's in her bedroom, the first time in her life she ever had her own bedroom. And I started thinking about my perspective on what is romantic, because these days the word romantic really has been pigeonholed to mean, you know, something special and kind of kitschy and sweet between people who are romantically involved. Again, that word generally pops up in a love situation. But that's not really what romance is all about. It has become that, but the original meaning of romance is much broader than that. It's much more interesting than that. So I looked it up, actually. I wanted to know where does the word romance come from? And of course, I should have known, it comes from the Romance languages. The languages, Italian, Spanish, French, Portuguese, and I believe Romanian, that are offshoots of Latin, that are based on Latin, and are literally territories in Europe that the Romans had conquered. By the way, if you can hear a lot of traffic, (laughs) just to lift the fourth wall, I am in my car right now. I thought it would be nice and quiet in here, but it sounds very loud outside. So I apologize for that. So the word romantic really means, it really comes from a description of stories and eventually novels that were written in a romance language. It really comes from the idea of storytelling. And in fact, in Italian, the word for novel is still romanzo which does not mean it's necessarily a romance novel. It is just a novel. Romanzo is literally a work of fiction. And in French, it's roman, or roman, to say it with the correct accent. So this is where the word truly comes from. It's, it comes from this sense of storytelling, and not just any story, but particularly stories that had to do with adventure, yes, a little bit of romance, idyllic and beautiful locations, and whimsical details, and sometimes improbable situations. 
So these are all the things that originally were considered romantic. And you don't really have to have necessarily every single one of these boxes checked. Any one of them will do. And considering that, it makes it a little bit more understandable why we sometimes say, yes, I was on a train by myself for the first time in Europe on my way from Paris to Venice, and I was looking out the window and it was the most romantic moment of my life. It is nothing, there was no man there or woman, depending on your preference. There was no other person that was sparking a romantic situation in the modern sense of the word. But there was nevertheless a sense of romance. And I think all of us, especially those of us who are a little bit on the whimsical side, I think we've all experienced this. A moment in which we can't quite put our finger on it sometimes but we know we're experiencing a romantic moment. I'm sure you all have had these moments. And generally, I think, it happens when you're not in your home. You're not in a place that you're familiar with. Because really, by definition, anything romantic cannot also be commonplace. If something is normal to your life and common to your life, it cannot also be romantic. And so for those of us who are from Seattle and who have spent many, many, many years dealing with the reality of rain dripping down our windows, of course, that is not going to seem romantic to us. But on the other hand, sitting on a train in southern France is extremely romantic, whereas it might not be so to somebody from France. And I started thinking about my particularly most romantic moments. And I thought, back to my first weeks and months in Rome and I really actually couldn't think of a lot of romantic moments. What I thought about were the moments when I was first traveling for the very first time, particularly alone as a young person in Europe. I thought about the time that, actually this time I was with my mother and my sister. I was 14 years old and we were taking a train from Paris to Florence and an overnight train at that. And all my young life up to that point, I had dreamed of going to Italy. Yes, France was great. I loved France too. But what I really, really, really wanted to see and where I wanted to be was Italy, even at 14. And I'll never forget the moment after I woke up in the morning. It was a sleeper train. And I got up and was walking down the hallway of the train, the corridor, to get some breakfast probably, And the train wobbled a little bit and I bumped into somebody. And as if it was something that I said every day, automatically out of my mouth came the word scusi. I don't know if the person was Italian or French or otherwise, but that was the first thing that I said to them as soon as I bumped into them on that hall. And I stopped and I had one of those romantic moments because I feel like those romantic moments are often very fleeting. They're very short. I thought to myself, I'll never forget this. I thought, I can say scusi now. I'm in Italy. It was the very first time I was in Italy. I had gone to bed in France and I'd woken up in Italy. I just cannot even describe the romance and the novelty of that moment. Another incredibly romantic moment that I remember was when I was 16 or maybe just turned 17. And I was in Paris. I had 
gone to spend the summer with a French family that my family knew. And they were all at work. So I was exploring Paris during the day, taking the train in from their suburb. One day I had decided to go to the Jardin de Tuileries, which is a big public, big, beautiful public park in the center of Paris. And I think it must have been one of my last days of my trip because I felt like I had done all the sightseeing. I had been to all of the top places that I wanted to go to, and I wanted to just soak up a little bit of Paris, people watching and, uh, and just relaxing. So I actually went to a bookstore and I bought myself a book in French. Now, I did speak some French at that time, but I was by no means fluent. But nevertheless, I wanted to try. So I bought myself the thinnest novel that I could possibly find. It was probably about 150 pages at the most, maybe shorter. And for the life of me, and believe me, I tried, I cannot remember what book this was. I believe it was by a relatively well-known French writer, 20th century French writer, but I can't remember who it was and I can't remember the title of the book and I don't have it anymore but it might be somewhere at my mom's. <laughs> but now I'm going, to, I'm going to try to find out. And I don't remember because, of course, I never actually read it. I think I read the first few pages and gave up in despair. But nonetheless, I had brought this book with me. I had bought myself a croissant and maybe even had a hot chocolate uh, to go. Uh, but I went to this park, and there's a huge round fountain in this park. It's a very plain fountain. It's not like an Italian fountain, you know, there's no sculptures on it. There's no real spurting water. It's just this big, huge, round pool. And all around it, on this sort of gravel path that goes around it, are these little green metal chairs. And if you've ever been there, you can probably picture it in your mind. Because they're the same chairs, or at least the same exact design of chair, that have been around that fountain for probably the last hundred years. And... I was sitting at one of those chairs and I was eating my croissant and I was trying to read this book and I looked at the cover of the book and the cover of the book had a painting on it and it was a painting of exactly where I was sitting. It was a few people, I think two men and a woman, sitting on those green chairs right by that fountain and I got goosebumps because I thought I am living in a novel right now. I mean, of course I wasn't because I was just an American girl on vacation, but that's what I felt like. I'll never forget that moment. And you know what? Now that I think about it, that was my 17th birthday. I remember it now. I, I literally just recalled that detail right now. It was my 17th birthday because I remember looking at my watch. I wore a wristwatch because this is, this is the 1990s, the early 90s at that. And so, of course, no cell phones. So I had my wristwatch and I looked at my watch and I was trying to calculate the exact moment that I was born because I was born at 5.10 in the morning. But of course, in Paris, that was uh, nine hours later. And I remember stopping and pausing and being like, I'm 17 now. <laughs> so I'll never forget that and how romantic that whole moment and that whole day felt. And another very romantic moment, just to close, is when I was in Lucca doing a music festival 
the summer that I turned 21. And that summer, I was dating, if you can call it that, I had a very short romance to, again, not overuse that word, but uh, with an Italian man. First Italian, again, I don't, I don't think I can call him a boyfriend because it was so short-lived, but first Italian romance that I ever had. The World Cup was going on, and I was no soccer fan at that time, nor am I now. But I'll never forget riding around on the back of the scooter of the guy I was dating. Of course, no helmets, because back in those days, there was no law saying you had to wear helmets. And I remember one of the nights that Italy had won, he had an Italian flag, and I had tucked it into the back of my jacket. And we were driving around, zipping around the streets of Pisa, I believe it was, because I was in Luca, but he lived in Pisa, just the next town over. And I just thought life cannot get any more romantic than this. So those are some of the most romantic moments in my life. We would love to hear yours. Send in your romantic in the original sense, not in the modern romance story, dimmed lights, candlelit dinner sense, but in that whimsical, improbable, adventurous sense that both Monique and I talk about this week. We'd love to hear your stories. You can always email us at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com or better yet, record your romantic story with a voice message and send it to us to the same address. Maybe if we get enough, we'll do a show on romantic moments. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again. Bye. Real quick before you go, Katie here, interjecting, just to remind you that you have just a teeny, teeny bit of time left to enter our contest to win the Penguin Classics imprint of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, a truly beautiful book I'm holding in my hands here. It's gold in color and covered in swans and flowers, a collector's edition of a book that perhaps you've read before or perhaps you have not, but this book will enhance your shelves. We've written a personal inscription to you on the inside cover from Katie and Tiffany, written while I was visiting Rome this summer, and also somewhere buried in the book, faintly, faintly underlined, is Tiffany's very favorite line from this story. This book has never been read before, and it's coming to you free in the mail if you donate $5 or more during the month of October. Those of you who already donated in the month of September, you are in this contest to win. Those of you who would like to get your name in the hat, donate just $5 or more through PayPal or join us as a member on Patreon to get bonus content. You'll find links to donate in the show notes or at thebittersweetlife.net. We've had a few bills piling up here as we come out of the summer, and we could really use your help to pay for those fees as we head into the fall. If you love this show, support it. Podcasting might come to you free, but it is not free to make. It costs us money every month to get this show to you. If you love it, help support it. Throw your name in the hat to win this beautiful copy of Pride and Prejudice. I will mail it anywhere in the world if yours is the name that we draw Links to donate in the show notes or at thebittersweetlife.net. And thank you so much. Do it before the end of October. Mm-hmm.